welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, and this month, as we celebrate Christmas, my children are joining me on the show to share the biggest gifts Christ gave to them. This week, I'm joined by my oldest son, Daniel. Welcome, son. Hello, everybody. Doesn't he have a nice radio voice? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Black and White Podcast. (laughs) The scripture for today's episode comes from Psalm 90, verse 12, the New International Version. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I picked this verse because it has been a key verse for my son. Sometimes life can get us down, but God gave us this incredible gift called life, and we're called to steward it well. Daniel, you made some recent changes to your schedule regarding time. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. so I uh, actually listened to a podcast by Mike Bickle, which was called The Purpose of a Focused Life. And uh, while listening to this podcast, it talked a whole bunch about how we manage our time and how the way we manage our time directly reflects how how passionate we are about our mission with the kingdom and how we want to you know, steward that. Mm. So I recently uh, I purchased a, a calendar for my wall, which um, I have every hour of the week scheduled down to what I'm going to be doing during that time. So, uh, for instance, I work for Chick-fil-A. So the mornings where I'm opening, I'm up at 4 a.m. doing my devotions then. Then by 5, I'm at work. The days where I'm not opening, I'm up at 5 doing my devotions then. Then at 6, my day will start. Hmm. So just ha- um, being really intentional with your t- my time recently has been a big change that's really affected how productive I am. Well, you know, and you've always been a go-getter. I'm just going to say that. Even as a little kid, you'd go out <laughs> in the woods and you had a purpose. <laughs> you'd yeah. come back with a bow and arrow and it's like, how did you do that? And you just would make things. But, you know, we've been talking about, um, just with your other siblings as well, how the challenges that we faced as a family impacted you and your siblings. And what would you say was one of the biggest challenges you had growing up? One of the biggest challenges, I think, that I faced growing up was uh, fitting in mm. or, or feeling like I didn't fit in. Um, and uh, I, don't, I think a lot of that probably stemmed from feeling rejected probably as a kid, which could have come you know, from what happened with our family, mm-hmm. feeling like people didn't love me. But uh, that was the biggest problem. In, in every friend group, it would, uh, I'd feel rejected and, and not cared for. Um, pretty much regardless of how they treated me, even if they were the closest friends, I'd have days where I was like, okay, they hate me because they didn't do this or they didn't do that instead of uh, just accepting the love that was in front of me. Mm. You know, I've seen God use that in your life because you have uh, done the Vine you did, which is Vine famous there and (laughs) recording videos. But I think a lot of what you have sought to do is help others because you felt that way. You didn't want anyone to feel left out. And so I've seen people come to you Mm -hmm. and you just want to encourage them. So I think that kind of shaped you, you know, some of that you felt and maybe loneliness and insecurity turned you into this person who was thinking, how can I help people not feel that way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which it's funny how God used that though, because Vine was just an outlet for me to be myself, Mm. but through it, other people were able to be themselves and encouraged to be themselves because they saw somebody else doing it so, uh, you know, bodaciously, so, Mm. you know, so out there. Well, and you also, now you have a YouTube channel, and Mm -hmm. why do you think that God has called you to do that? Well, YouTube is... uh, 
is an interesting struggle. YouTube is, um, I, I feel like the, the biggest reason, well, okay, the reason I started Vine in the beginning was to help me, it was just an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And now YouTube is similar, but it's been really cool because through YouTube, I've been able to, uh, through Vine and YouTube, I've been able to gather a following in which I I have this influence over. Mm-hmm. And it, it's cool because you'll see these people who, you, they, you know, they, they don't live in a family where they ever hear God. They don't go to church. They're, they're, a lot of these people are in third world countries. Like we have subscribers in um, all over the world, like uh, Bolivia, Peru, and some people from Australia. And and they come on my channel, and they'll hear me, even if it's like through jokes, like, oh, thank God that this happened. And they'll hear me like talk about God in some more serious videos. And you see the comments start to roll in, and they're like, oh, I didn't really think about God like that before. People don't really mm-hmm. talk about God where I'm from. And um, I think that's been a big purpose of the YouTube channel is even if I'm not, you know, I'm not shoving God down their throat on my YouTube channel, but when they come on, it's planting a seed, I think, mm-hmm. in different videos. And they'll see his traces, even in the funny videos that don't mention him. They'll mm-hmm. see the way I act because I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. just by watching. Well, and I think even people who've come who've been depressed and suicidal, and they've asked, why are you happy? I think, and they've mm-hmm. asked you, what is it about you that's different? And so it's been neat for me as a mom just to watch you seeking to be creative, but not because sometimes people give a bad rap to people like you and I who are putting ourselves out there like yeah. it's self-promotion. It's mm-hmm. like, no, actually, the Bible says to go and tell people and to if there's a great commission. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're doing that really out of a calling from God out of the great commission. You're wanting to reach people, and it's through the unique way that you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely how, how I see it. <clears throat> so what... Where do you think this really started, though, this desire? I know you were saying to kind of, as an outlet, but for yeah. you to kind of create. Actually, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and um, it was really cool, actually, kind of finding like the traces of where a lot of my urges and like desires come from when it comes to wanting to create, wanting to produce something. And um, I actually pinned a lot of it down to homeschooling. Hmm. Which was which was kind of cool because um, I talked about it with a friend and they were like, yeah, you know, uh, public school for me was really rough every single day, 6 a.m., you know, to, you know, whatever the time is they got out. Every single day, these certain classes, every single day from this time to this time, it, it basically they described it and it just sounded like confinement to me. Mm-hmm. It sounded like they were being contained. And that's the whole thing about creativity. Creativity can't be contained. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fact that my whole childhood being homeschooled, I, my creativity was contained and I wasn't put in a box. I was allowed to figure out ways to get my school done faster. It's like I wasn't told I needed to wake up at a certain time. So some, day, some days I would wake up earlier than everybody else. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I was put in the public school system, I couldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to wake up earlier and start doing school before anybody else. Or I could sleep in if I had like a you know late night and then wake up when I needed to and get the school done. So because I was able to kind of make some of my own rules, not to an extreme where there wasn't discipline, but because I was able to make some of my own rules, I, w- I kind of became, uh, where, whereas in a public school system, probably a lot of the individuals see higher powers as give me the, you know, give me, they see authorities more so mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. give me directions to do things. Right. I kind of created, not in a disobedient way, but created my own right. directions. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm mm-hmm. going to do that, and it created the intentionality, and because of that, it also created creativity. 
Right. And I think, too, I mean, there were definitely years where we were all early in the morning. Yeah. We had our Bible time. We had our breakfast. But you guys had a lot of freedom mm-hmm. if you got your, your big rocks in first. Yeah. You know, or if you want to wake up earlier and do it, you know. Um, and I think that really, for one, I think it did help you to learn to steward your time, you know, so that yeah. you could get done what you wanted to. So what would you say is one of the sweetest memories you had growing up? Oh, I think this will always be um, going snowboarding and skiing because we were homeschooling. We got a homeschooling discount. Yeah. If <laughs> if you don't homeschool your kids for anything else, do it for the skiing discount at Mass and Nutton, which is a ski resort <laughs> in Virginia. Um, but yeah, because we were homeschooled, we got a discount. So uh, um, every year for maybe two or three years, we'd go uh, skiing and snowboarding up in the mountains. And um, that was so cool because all my public school friends were like, wait, don't you have school? Like, How are you able to do this? I'm like, I'm homeschooled. I can I can be shredding the slopes while you're failing the test. <laughs> no. Well, I think a lot of it too was you guys, I would say you have to get a math lesson in on the way to Mass and Nutton. That's true. <laughs> like either before that was the we worst. left. <laughs> She she sometimes sometimes you'd have us in in the actual ski lodge doing school, which that was rough. But it was still freedom. It was still flexibility that I wouldn't have had yeah. at other places. Well, I was trying to make sure that we were still getting in what we had to, but and it was like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. And so sometimes you guys would get sick in the car. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know we'd have our crock pot there, and you guys could ski for like five six hours. And um, well, so if you had one thing that you want to share with everyone if there's anything uh just what was a maybe a defining moment for you or just anything that um for you is like a theme of your life or something you want to leave to the people listening today what would it be yeah absolutely um so we talked a little bit about vine and um so i want to share a little bit of what that did to me and why i am kind of the person i am not because of vine but because of what i discovered through vine you know with god's grace and all of that but um, so when I first, I I have made videos basically my whole life. Uh, my mom can testify to this. I was always making something on my iPod Touch because I couldn't have an iPhone uh, when I was a kid, and um, I was always making these little videos. I'd buy little editing softwares from the App Store and I'd make videos just for myself, just to make me laugh. And that those videos were the one place you could find where I was going to be a hundred percent, completely, unapologetically myself. Hmm. In all my friend groups, I put on an act around, you know, in, in, in public places, I put on an act. I, I was not Daniel DeVell unless I was making a video. Mm. It was like, it was an outlet where I was myself. So then, uh, you know, after a couple of years of making videos, because like I said, ever since I had an iPod, I was doing it, uh, the Vine app came out. And the Vine app was basically me testing fate. Um, I had all these videos I'd made and... Uh, like one of one or two of my good friends who knew about my videos was like, you should make you, you know you should hop on the Vine app because you make videos. And I was like, that's crazy. That I, I would never do that. Well, anyway, I, I did do it. Um, <laughs> and basically, I my whole thought process was nobody's gonna see this. I'm just gonna post videos of me being crazy, me being myself, and nobody's gonna see it, and it's gonna be okay. Mm. So. Vine, for me, I just started posting videos of myself, being fun, being crazy. After about the first three months, I think I hit my first 1,000 followers. And that was interesting for me. I was like, okay, a handful of people like this. A handful of people like when I'm myself. Now, that was cool. It wasn't anything like ground-shaking, but it was like, okay, 1,000 people like this. Um, then maybe about, about six months into Vine, um, 
I had maybe like 3,000 followers at this point, and it started gaining followers faster. And I got a, a message from someone. Uh, this individual was depressed and suicidal, and they said they were going to kill themselves that night unless, in, in, until they found my videos. They were going to kill themselves that night, and then they went on the Vine app, and someone had revined one of my Vines, and my Vine was somehow on their feed. They said they laughed for the first time in a long time. They went on my account and watched like all of my videos and to give them joy. Mm. So that was a, a massive moment for me. Then fast forward, um, after doing Vine for two years, it ended with 85,000 followers, uh, 32 million views over all the videos together, and about 300 messages from depressed and suicidal people who were saying, this helped me so much. And it, it started to become less about me and more about just people. And um, so I pulled away from Vine, and I guess the message I want to leave with, sorry, this got kind of long. No, it's good. Is um, when you are fulfilling your calling the way that you're supposed to, which for me was being creative and showing people happiness through ordinary things. Mm. When you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, God's going to be glorified. Mm. I wasn't talking about God in those vines, but people found hope no, mm. either way. Mm-hmm. So that, that was super cool. And the, the cool thing, too, was every single one of those 300 people who came to me as depressed people, I got to share the gospel with them. And they were so susceptible to it because they already were on my channel. They were already laughing. And they're like, I, you know, they had respect for me. So I was able to hop in there, share the gospel to these, you know, hurt people. So I'd say, yeah, the biggest thing for me is if you're fulfilling, if you're being obedient to God, and if you're doing what you were called to do, which for me was to create, mm-hmm. then no matter what, God's going to be glorified if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, one thing uh, in the aftermath of your father being removed from the home mm-hmm. was you felt this sense of, I need to, I need to be the dad. Yeah. I'm the man of the house. Mm-hmm. And I remember part of how you coped, I think, was this laughter. And you're trying to make, you know, and so you became the entertainer of the mm-hmm. family. Yeah, that's true. Because it was, I'm going to create, I'm going to, in essence, create the life I want. And right now this is painful and I'm having to step in these shoes. And so I feel like God used a very hard thing to make you the creator you are. I mean, yeah. You, you know, like mm-hmm. our creator, you like to create and bring joy. Absolutely, yeah. To people, you know. And and a lot of it, too, I think, brought uh, discernment because you you learn to recognize things in people. You know, when I think sometimes when people don't go through really hard things, it's hard to understand. But when you do, you know, you just learn to recognize things and you try to find a, a, a solution. Yeah. So I found that a lot of you, well, it was always like I knew Daniel would figure it out. I called you the critical thinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, well, that's that's great. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, I feel like I talked so much about Vine. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, I've loved having you on here. Daniel, I know that some of the gifts I've seen God develop in you have been discernment and a positive outlook. And that has really been something God has used as he's grown it in you for you to affect others around you as well. The raw truth for today's episode is God shapes us from our backgrounds, but we are not defined by our backgrounds. Mm. 
The radical grace is God can help us to rise above any challenges we face in this life and even turn it into a blessing that glorifies Him. And the real hope is nothing is wasted in God's economy. Yeah. The hard moments, the good moments, all of it He uses. Well, you've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.